Hey, happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to the I-5 Corridor's Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here in Portland, where it is like 60 degrees, and I, I think the the actual phrase is, what is it, Shane? A- atmospheric river? Is that what we're dealing with right now? How are you doing? Are you, are you above water right now? Are you safe? I'm safe. I'm above water, and I'm as glad as ever that I didn't splurge and go all the way to Vegas. <laughs> It was a good game. Like it was a good game. I don't think you would have been upset to to be there at said game. That being said, um, I, I, yeah, I, I think it was probably the right financial decision to uh, um, to enjoy the couch. Although, uh, no, I, I think you did. You you had some expert watching because I imagine you were able to watch the full Oregon men's basketball game on Saturday as well, which we'll get to later on. Yeah, but. Yeah, that was that was Oregon. Oregon Washington too was just as good as the first one. It was different in the sense that the Ducks took a a quarter off in this game. I thought the the first iteration of this one was a pretty complete game from both teams. In this game, the the Ducks dug themselves a hole they couldn't quite come back from. But I, I thought ultimately those were two very good football teams again. And I think Washington is the playoff team and. You know, you can talk about whether or not the the Ducks looked better in all the other games, but ultimately Washington's a better football team than the Ducks are. Like the Ducks, it's a Washington problem. That <laughs> I I am not going to uh, get tired of watching just those Michael Penix deep balls. I know they they are probably like the thing that's going to uh, eat at Oregon football fans' souls for the next however many decades. But watching that thing from the press box view and just the it, the homing device that it lands in those big receivers arms. Uh, the ducks couldn't do anything about it again. And that's where we are. That's where we are. Washington's better. Uh, I think Washington is going to make the national title game. And they could win it. Could, like, yeah, honestly, I mean, I will get into the whole seating thing, but it's, it's quite the final four, not totally a non-deserving final four but there's a lot of weird things that went on there but yeah no i think washington and 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 this game proved that to me because they had had nearly two months of games now where they looked like they played down to the level of opponent consistently even their strengths looked less daunting and yet they come out against oregon they seem like the more hyped up team you know Maybe you could say it's because they were counted out. They were double-digit underdogs, which in retrospect is still so crazy. Although you can see the math that went into it there a little bit. Um, And they won in a way that I don't think any of us thought they could. They completely controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball in a way that was a little bit embarrassing for Oregon, I thought, quite frankly. Um, Their quarterback looked better again. Uh, their running back ran harder, made more plays. And then the thing that was you know, equally as jarring as the line of scrimmage to me is all year Oregon's been winning on the outside with quick stuff. They completely shut that down from Oregon, and I guess in, in, as much as a way you, you, as you could. And then on the other side, they had Oregon missing tackles in the flats. It was, it was just a performance that was a little eye-opening and kind of made me wonder if this Oregon team – is not quite as complete as we thought the whole season. I want to believe it was, but it was eye-opening in that way. 
it was it was just a really weird start to the game too with their first drive i think lasted about 15 seconds it was three i think quick throws <laughs> you know it was yeah, like one a, hit the ref too like there's got to be some sort of rule with that right well there were there was a lot of fluky stuff that happened in that game i mean that throw hitting the ref um you could even go to like I don't think Bo's interception was quite as bad as maybe it looked in the real time, because if if you look at like the overhead view, like that defender was out of bounds, then he comes back like when Bo's throwing it. So yeah, he probably should have known that guy was there, but also like, that's, that's a really tough thing to see like in, in that instance. Um, It was just those, those first two drives, it, it was kind of that, that organ that we had talked about earlier of, when they played that first Washington game, it just like when the screws tightened a little bit, they just looked a little antsy. It looked like everything was kind of accelerated. And I, I thought that carried over a little bit to the play calling too. And, you know, by, by the time the end of the first quarter came around, they were playing at a full clip. I mean, they had scored 21 in, unanswered points, but um, at, by that point, it was guaranteeing that they were going to be playing a close fourth quarter against this Washington team. And I think that's what we were both scared of going into this game. The turning point, absolutely for me. Um, Kyrie Jackson gets that interception at midfield. Very similar to the interception. There was so many similarities in this game, but it was very similar to the interception that Penix threw in Seattle, where it was just kind of mistimed and just kind of thrown completely out of the field of play almost, um, picked off. Um, and instead of capitalizing on what was a 24 21 uh, lead for Oregon at that point, uh, Bo throws his pick, and then their next offensive series, they went, uh, I believe it was three and out, but to not get points in either one of those, um, it was very conservative play calling as well. That seemed counterintuitive to everything Dan Lenning has preached um, with the aggressiveness, with the fourth down calls, which you saw work in this game. The third down uh, numbers were awful, but the fourth downs, they completed two huge ones on that one drive. Um, early in the in the second half there, so that was that was a tough moment because they were never able to really put together offense after that, except for the last minute touchdown that was a little bit fluky in some way. I I'm I'm very interested to see how Oregon goes about shaping its secondary in in the future years. Obviously, Washington's not going to be able to grow just like another Romo Dunze like out of out of thin air, but just those the the way that. Washington just had that blueprint of basically like, we're just going to have these big receivers like body these dudes. It's not, it's not even that they were bodying dudes up. They were just like creating clear separation in their routes too. Um, obviously the ducks were down Jaleel Florence. Uh, Roderick Pleasant was banged up. Uh, Tysheen Johnson was bruised at, you know, at certain points, but um, I, I used to play, I used to, I, I, <laughs> I, I used to play Madden with my friend Todd growing up and we would always allow ourselves to like make like two or three trades like of the Ross, like on the rosters before. And I would always get like a fast quarterback and a couple running backs and, and try to like really, uh, you know, like old school football style. And he would always trade for like Terrell Owens and like Randy Moss. And I could like play a perfect game and we could be like really close and I'd probably be a better player, but you just knew that like Randy Moss or Terrell Owens were going to get like one or two or three deep balls every single game. And he beat me every single time, even though I thought I was the better player, the more complete player. Can I ask you a question though? What? When he had, when he had Owens and Moss, were you playing single coverage, man coverage the entire game on him? <laughs> Cause that's I'm, the other I'm, thing. Yeah. I, 
And and Dan, props to Dan, he didn't come out and make excuses about it, but like Jaleer Florence being out, Roderick Pleasant being out. Okay. Like it's it's December. You're gonna yeah. have guys out. It's an unfortunate place to have guys out, but for the most part, Oregon this season has been a healthy team. They've been healthier than Washington has. Washington in that game had just gotten back a safety that was an all Pac twelve guy that they had, had out for for weeks. So it's just it's just hard to feel like that was the reason because they choose the whole year they've chosen to play strict, strict, strict man coverage. It burned them once against Washington, and then it burned them again where it wasn't just the deep balls. It was that last third down before the eventual um, first down that they got with, with Dylan Johnson to run out the clock. It was the one that really mattered where they got Evan Williams, who, you know, bless his heart, great at something, is not great in pass coverage, not the fastest safety. And they had McMillan just do a quick out. They got five yards, and it looked like the there, most easy play ever. There are some teams where a guy with a club on his hand can play with heart and be effective. I don't think that this is this is the the right matchup for that. <laughs> like 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 a precision passing attack like Washington has. Like it's yeah, it, it it was just tough. But as you did say, like this probably was the one of the healthier Oregon teams that we've had in a while, just for like a whole season's sake. Yeah, they lost Noah Whittington, but that just allowed Jordan James to get more carries throughout the season. The defense was mostly healthy throughout the year. Um, yeah, Washington, Washington just kicked their butts and it's, it's going to be, okay, let's, let's get into this. How do, how do you think the Huskies fare going into this? God, yesterday was a fun day on Twitter, wasn't it? Yeah. Something like that. All right. So it's, it's, it's Huskies versus Texas in the sugar bowl. Yeah. It's Michigan versus Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Florida State got told to get the heck out of town. The the funniest part about all of this is that Oregon State, even though they might not have a roster by the time the bowl games comes around, actually gets a pretty sexy opponent in Notre Dame while while Oregon gets undefeated. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Liberty. But yeah, let's let's, let's go. Let's, Washington. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's go into the playoffs. What do you, what do you think about Washington? Do you, you, you think that that high end of that offense and the fact that they've played so many tight games is going to be parlay, or are they just going to get smoked? Oh, I, I don't see a world in which they get smoked. Yeah. I mean, again, you just like it ha- happened in Seattle, Oregon took out took, took Penix out of that game for an inordinate amount of time there in the second half late first half, early second half, where he just wasn't touching the ball much, and then he was, and they have some kind of quick, not even necessarily three and outs, but maybe, you know, two series and out kind of thing. And yet, he comes back, and it's like, well, Oregon's done well here, and they've got the lead, and uh, eh, three plays, whatever it is, right? Yeah. I don't see a world in which that team gets blown out at all. They keep winning these close games. They obviously have had no trouble rising to the occasion. I don't know if they'll. I didn't look at the line. Or, do you know if they're underdogs? I, I don't look at that yet. Game? I actually. Either I way, think Tex, I think it might be Texas minus three. Well, they'll be underdogs again. Yeah. Their coach will put that somewhere in the you know on the whiteboard. Uh, they they also they played this team in their bowl game last season and they won. And not that's not a reason to pick them this year necessarily, but um. And then it you know you can't play the physicality card where Texas is going to bully them because that was supposed to be Oregon and they got bullied. 
it would be it would be something if they keep this going and all of a sudden Washington wins a national title. Just this the power dynamic in you know, I would say for the last 20 years or so, it's been while there has been back or forth, it, it's definitely been that the two thousands have been a much better decade for the ducks as a program than Washington. This is, this is a heater. The Huskies are on right now. And this is, this has really high ceiling potential. And if they can all of a sudden get into the big 10 as the reigning national champions, like that's, this is a significant off season uh, for, for, for the ducks coming up. It's significant for Washington too, because you know, I think they could get to the Natty. Could they win? Uh, it's possible. It really is because I don't think any of the four teams in there are supernatural by any means. And I'm not sure that there was a supernatural team that didn't make it either. I think Georgia's name brand would have scared a little bit more, or scared some people a little bit more perhaps. And I might have even fallen into that category. Um, but the way that they've gone about winning this year, um, how many times they've now won without losing – they're going to lose a lot in the off season and the brand has never been stronger. And so it would make me think that they shouldn't have too much trouble. Yeah. They're going to keep their head coach. They might lose a coordinator. They might, they're going to lose their quarterback and some receivers. You know, they're already being linked to, I think it's Will Rogers, one of the transfer quarterbacks. Um, so I, I think that will be just fine. It's, it's kind of crazy that the ducks and the Huskies are on the same quarterback schedule. Like they both got their, their, transfer quarterback at the same time he both they both played two years they were both incredible players for the program and now like they're both going to be competing for transfer quarterbacks again i mean it's uh i i'm writing about this right now in my takeaways one of one of the drawbacks of bonix coming back for the for the uh fiesta bowl to play liberty is i kind of just wanted to see what ty thompson could get with like one full game of snaps because He's going to have more competition this spring. I don't know who it's going to be, but I don't see the Ducks not taking yeah. one of these transfer transfer quarterbacks. Like they're they they have too good of a roster and they're going to be able to bring in a whole lot more talent again because of what they showed what they could do this year with transfer portal talent. Um yeah, both of these schools are going to be competing for quarterbacks with each other for a very long time, it seems. I saw someone call Bo Nix's decision selfish on Twitter, and I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but that being said, it's a, I wouldn't call it a disservice to the program at all. Because, again, it's not uh, – his decision you, – you can't point to that and say, oh, he's screwing this program in any way. But, again, yeah, like you want to see Ty Thompson at this point in a game that is meaningless against a brand that is also, sorry, meaningless. Like no one knew where Liberty was. I th I think we should really stake our claim on being the podcast that is criticizing guys for playing in the bowl game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, does does yeah, Bo, Bo Nix truly love Oregon? I, 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 There's I a few know. other guys that are going to sit out of that game, but quite honestly, those are guys that I didn't hear their name called at all against Washington, and it was disappointing. Yeah, like the D line. <laughs> They, they talked all week about wanting to hit Penix. They touched him far less than they did in the first matchup. I didn't the, hear Randorlis' name once. The, the the corners got a lot closer to getting home on 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 Penix than the D line did. Like that that was that was the toughest part about watching that game from that angle too. Is like the amount of times that where it just seemed like 
Kyrie like had a finger on him as Penix just like drops a dime like 50 yards downfield. Just in- incredible like aware like timing awareness. Yeah, that Nico Reed sack where he chased him down was like the only one they got to yeah. him on. Yeah, fantastic game. I, I'm still a little bit, as you can tell, bewildered by the way it played out. I, Bucky didn't seem healthy. The game immediately changed when they went to Jordan James, and I think a lot of people saw that. Um, they It seemed like they were hesitant to take deep shots, as they have at times this season, and the think and dunk works against bad teams. And, but when you can run the ball, too, it's like, do you need both the short game and the run game to be your pillars there? I don't know. Well, and I just, you saw what happened in the late in the second half, too, when, like, you took advantage a little bit of, like, both Bo's athleticism, which, you like, you didn't see, like, a whole lot of this year. But, like, you know, that. Yeah, that, that was touch, the game to use it, right? The uh, He had, the like, the long run, um, the touchdown to Terrence Ferguson, where he, like, rolled out to the right and kind of, like, pump faked the guy and then, like, that was a great, great touchdown catch by Terrence, by the way. Um, yeah. Anyways, we're, yeah, we're he's we're had a great year. Right he might leave. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever. He, it's, he, it's, he there's a lot well to talk could. about. Um, before we move on to portal stuff, tell me about your Vegas experience. We haven't talked. I saw some tweets, um, but we really haven't caught up much at all about your experience. It was quick. Um, I flew in, flew in Thursday night. I was staying at an Airbnb, maybe like two miles off Strip. There was a Popeye's chicken within walking distance. There was a Taco Bell within walking distance and a Best Buy within walking distance. Not quite like, not quite like living the the strip life, but it was a nice place. Had a pool. It was a little too cold to use the pool, but I had a nice little coffee, wrote a, did a little bit of work. Other than that, didn't really didn't really do a whole lot on on Saturday. I got to the game around. Uh, oh, I had a, I had a good lunch with Christian Capel of on Montlake. Um, Cha-ching. I, I would say I hope he bought for you. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, I I'm hoping that there's some sort of revenue sharing agreement on Substack amongst college football writers. I I want a home like and a, home uh, bundle deal. Yeah, I might have to take him to the the same court that uh, Oregon State and Washington State took the Pac-12 to, um, and then yeah, just like got to the game and like it was like that that stadium is such a zoo to get to. Like plopping an NFL stadium just like just off Strip is makes for traffic nightmares, especially because there was also like I think a Usher concert in town. It was like the end of like Usher's residency. And there was a, a U2 show going at the sphere. So it was it was just a little bit a little bit nuts, but security was long. The game was good. That's a cool stadium. Rough I, rough, <laughs> rough stadium I, food. Rough, real rough stadium really? food. But yeah, it was uh the the burgers they put out there might have been good at one point, but I don't know at what year. So <laughs> it's funny i had um i had multiple college buddies convincing me to fly out saying hey you know go to the game cover it but we'll meet up with you before after whatever we can get some you know some stuff in i'm like watching the game with some buddies here and you know tracking them on you know text threads and social medias and like two of them were at the game passed out like drunk in their seats they missed like all the critical junctures of the game one woke up as Oregon was down 21 to three. The other woke up when they were back up 24 to 21. 
just an obscene uh, I should have had him ride my gamer. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just yeah. like the, <laughs> the little flashes. Um, but yeah, so like the, the game ends, the, the post game was funny because it's, it's always a little funny when all the other writers realize just how freaking long Oregon takes to come do its media stuff. Oh, it was one of those ones. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, landing took what a was while. Dan like? Dan was, he did, the, he, did, he did the smiley thing again. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, Dan was, I thought he was good though. He, he's, you know, he, he went into like some, some football talk. He, he kind of hit the notes that like you're supposed to hit when you lose like that type of game. But yeah, he does this, uh, I don't know. He, he just has this quirk where when he's like delivering bad news, he kind of smiles like a little bit and it's just, it's just kind of goofy. <laughs> like yeah, he does. He does that a lot. I've noticed. Um, did you go down to the, the game or the, excuse me, did you go down to the field in the pregame? No. So I only asked because, uh, who was it? Someone had written about, I think it was Kanzano had written that he went down to the field post uh, pregame rather. And it was like drastic how different the energy was. Like mm-hmm. Washington was, you know, hollering and getting hype and Oregon had like no, no energy comparatively and less so than he said they had in Seattle. And I just read that, and I again, who knows? Like, if he just caught a weird moment or whatnot. But I read that, and I couldn't shake that. When you think about how the game started, how the game went, the narratives going into that game, um, that was interesting to me. I, I, you must have spent some time on the field at the end, though, right? No, actually, it was it was one of, it was one of those ones where it was like so close at the end, like you kind of wanted to. I didn't want to miss a play in the fourth quarter, so a lot of us stayed up in the booth until until that the the very end of it and then it was the maze to get down into the the media media spot it's it's uh there's not a whole lot of signs in allegiant stadium that that point you know where you're supposed to go (laughs) and you've been there before yeah um from like the energy standpoint yeah maybe there's something to that like you know DeBoer's as we've seen like DeBoer's one of the best coaches in America and it'd be I think it'd be pretty easy for me to amp up a team that's undefeated yet is somehow like disrespected into like being a nine, and a, a a nine and a half yeah. point favorite to a team that they've beaten easily twice, like not easily, but like that they've looked confident in beating two times the last two years. Um, yeah, I, it, it was just a weird game. I, I think it would, I, I can't see what the the rationale would be for why Oregon wasn't hyped up for that game though. Like this wasn't the Pac-12 title game in 2021 where it was apparent that um Mario Cristobal was on the outs or or like there was like an injury hanging over or or whatever. Like it's like there was every reason for Oregon to be normal going into this game. It just they just got beat. Then beat by three points again. I can't believe it was three points again. And I also like how we've come back around to still talking yeah. about this game because that's how freaking crazy it is that they're now 0-3 against Washington by nine total points. And they've been And yet just the right team won every single time. Three devastating losses for them, too. It's it, it, it's it, hard we, to it's it's hard to really grade it too, because on one hand, you know, let's say Washington wins the national title this year. 
It's like you're you have four losses as a head coach and three of them are to a team that that is as good as anybody in the country. Like that's what crap timing to come over to the West Coast and leave Georgia, you know. Speaking of Georgia, fifth loss was Georgia. Fifth loss, yeah. Whatever. Four Pac twelve losses, whatever. Yeah. 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 Um you so you you were watching the whole game, you were in the booth. The last thing I want to ask you about, um, they somehow Oregon gets the ball and they had that Holden touchdown where Bo throws it behind him, but in a way that actually allows him to then turn the field and yeah. tiptoe his way into the end zone. And I was sitting on the couch and I was like, I mean, Oregon technically has a chance here, but they need to score in like four plays or less. And it was the second play of that drive. When, when that happened, were you thinking they could get a stop? Cause then they had time all of a sudden and you're like, well, the Oregon defense, you know, you know, what's funny is I was sitting next to Eric Scopel was on my right and uh, Jared Denny was on my left. And I think it was Scopel. He was just still writing down like what had just happened on the last Washington drive. And then he looked up as like, Treshawn's like, like, entering the end zone it was just like wait what <laughs> like, like yeah it was because how, how much time was left there it was still four... yeah three minutes i want to say I, yeah. there's, there's so much that happened yeah and, and, so, and so and so there was there was a little bit of like do they do they do the onside kick here do they i i thought the onside kick was i thought you needed to at that point because yeah like, i didn't you, understand arguments against it like what yeah. are you and i was i had people close to me in my life friends arguing against it but what can you give me i'm not arguing with you here but can you give me a reason why they shouldn't have i mean because it, it like basically the whole situation was like if washington gets a first down it's basically over regardless whether it's all the way down on that end or in the middle like i figured give right and it ended up yeah. being two first downs but yeah and, it wasn't and about all- preventing points it was about like you either get a stop or you lose either way exactly and if you actually go back and like watch that kick like it wasn't a bad attempt like it it got juggled around like it ended up going out of bounds but you know yeah and those are low low probability risks you kind of have to take there like i wasn't shocked at all this um i i was just gonna say like i you know outside of like maybe some of the the offensive play calling which i'm not qualified to you know, I don't know what they're plan- planning for with Washington. I don't, you know, you're not privy to those discussions. But outside of that, like, I thought this was a finely coached game. It was just, they were just outplayed, like, plain and simple. Yeah, and and also with the offense, it's going to look a lot different when they're giving it to Bucky on first downs and he's trying his little jump cut and immediately being tackled. Again, I don't think he was fully healthy, but also he, there was no holes for him to run through. And so you're facing second and long. And yeah. third and long, and it took them out of what they wanted to do. Oregon's just got that offense where you, if they're they're in a in a good zone and they can like it's 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 like a combo offense. Like you string like eight or nine, ten good hits in a row, and like when it's working, like it looks as good as anything as you've ever seen. It also helps if you're Washington and you can just hit one of those. <laughs> you know, the same thing we talked about last time. It looked like so many more things had to go right for Oregon. Yeah. And ultimately, that was the case. Um, speaking of that offense, we thought there was a world in which Ty Thompson would be the starter next year. We won't see what that might look like before then. And we also knew that either way, they were bringing in a transfer quarterback. I don't know if I knew how many high, high-profile guys were going to be in the in the portal already. 
it's a quite a long list and somehow Oregon has been linked to almost every single one of them. It's starting to feel like this is now like a college draft. It's like, it's you're like, you got a hit on your guy because like you said, Washington's going to get a new guy. A lot of all their top 10 teams are going to get somebody new. And it feels like a kind of a big sliding doors moment uh, before the season is even over. Like Oregon has to nail this. There's a lot of good guys, but they have to get the right one. It would seem. Let me ask you a question. How would this season have played out if Oregon had Michael Penix and Washington had Bo Nix? Fascinating question. Fascinating question. And I'm thinking about that right now because... Think, think, think of some of the times that Troy had to slow up. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I think you, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just tough because they, that, 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 that's just, that's the, just kind of getting the coordinators into the sliding, are so different. like the sliding doors type of thing that you're talking about. It's no, just but it's like a it's, super it's, interesting yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you could say that, you know, maybe Penix wouldn't, yeah, it's like, what well, would, would Penix be running Oregon's offense the same way or would they have molded it to Penix? Who knows? But to the point I'm assuming you were making, you want to get the right guy this time around when Washington's going to add somebody, USC could add somebody, um, you know, Ohio State's quarterback entered the portal and they're going to want someone else. It seems like they ran his ass out of town. Yeah. Um, You know, you got guys like DJU, you've got Cam Ward, you've got uh, Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma just entered the portal, which I guess Oregon seems to be pretty heavily linked to. Um, do, do you this think, seems pretty do you, pivotal. Do you think Oregon would take DJU just to like, like you think they would take two guys? Because like I, I think they, I think there are better quarterbacks available to them through the portal than than DJU. Would they take DJU in another transfer? Correct. Uh, and then I, have I like three, know. and then have like three high high scholarship guys, and then just hope somebody else transfers out come spring. Like let That's like a, ha, like have a crazy competition. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I kind of assumed that whoever Oregon got the other players would immediately look elsewhere because at this point in your career, if you're transferring and you're a high profile guy, you are not planning on not starting at that school. Because I'm just I'm just referencing like uh, the the big Dave tweet from a couple days ago where he was like basically like yeah, insinuating that. that like yeah of course he'd end up at Oregon and it's like I think I'd rather have Cam Ward or Dante Moore with with more years or you know yeah I mean a lot of those guys to be quite honest um yeah that's an interesting one though because you're right with the way that the portal works now they could just kind of transfer out again at another juncture i don't think that would Wait, be could they how, or could they or, or can they or can they not can they uh, see this is the thing i don't even, like if someone comes in during this this area right now could they transfer out in the spring or summer i think they could couldn't they this is why you come here to the <laughs> five quarter podcast <laughs> whatever yeah i don't know like i'm not going to ask you if there's a, a certain quarterback or two that you think Oregon would be better, that, yeah. best off hunting down. I have opinions, but they're not completely educated opinions. Um, I, I, but it, it I just, just feels very important. Yeah, I, I just think that it's uh, it, it'll be fascinating to see what this roster looks like next year because there's 
so much extra going into it with it going into the big 10 with the playoff expanding with Washington coming off of a national championship. Uh, the overall talent level is so high on this roster right now, and they're going to be able to refill it. Like they'll be able to contend for a playoff spot next year, but it's just, again, like the, the thing I wanted to get back to, like with that Knicks versus Penix thing and like how, how they would have done on either roster, like the ducks hit with, Knicks like he was great like up until a week ago thought he was like gonna win the Heisman Trophy like all of that is still real all that is still legit but at the end of the day like there might be a two-point difference between the two players when they come down and play in their third game against each other when everything it's on the line like one of those guys is better it's Penix you know it's like that's what it's going to come down to with the with the margins that they're playing at because Oregon expects to be playing for national championships now yeah, and it's important to remember that contending for the playoff in the coming years just means that you're a top 15, 16 team now. How do you, um, how, how would have you felt about all this if Oregon loses that game and now we're still talking about them playing? They would be hosting Missouri yeah, for a chance to then play Michigan. You're talking about it completely differently. Completely differently. And there's a very good chance that creates awesome – situations down the road but i i don't think you're going to get anything close to the uniqueness that you had this year where it's you're playing washington twice and it has like all of that meaning like it it just felt that that was that was something special this year agreed agreed um guy i can't <laughs> there's there's this one if you want to call it a meme or whatnot that i saw on twitter that i just i can't shake about oregon because it's just so funny and spot on if you're on Oregon football Twitter a lot. And it was like the clip from the Simpsons where the whole class is laughing at um, the kid, the boy, I forget his name. And it's every Pac-12 school like pointing and like, say it again. And then it's the kid who in this case has got like a Ducks logo and he's like, wait till you see our incoming recruiting class next year. And the class just <laughs> bursts out laughing. And I, I just... I don't know. I there's not much else to prognosticate about at this point. Um, that being said, uh, maybe a, a gift from the heavens in the basketball world the following day on Saturday. Yeah, give me uh, give me your your Shane Hoffman quick breakdown of that game while I grab my computer charger to plug my laptop in. <laughs> All right. Well, as Tyson rises from his chair and steps away, um, here's what I'll say. I watched Shellstad a lot last year in person, courtside. I saw the whole Shaxon Shellstad experience, and I thought he was going to be a good college player. I did not know he would be this impactful this early, and yet I was not entirely shocked when, in overtime, after having missed a shot in regulation to go to over or to you know potentially win the game and avoid going to overtime. He caught a pass closer to midcourt than three-point line, ignored an open Brennan Rigsby in the corner, shot it, and swished it. And here's Tyson. Perfect, perfect timing. D- did he hit the shot yet? <laughs> what a game. Uh, you watched I, part of it, right? Yeah, I I I had like snippets of what the the air airplane Wi-Fi would let me hit, but I was I was seen right around when uh Shellstad hit it, and then I saw like I saw like Preem's video of of his angle of it, which is funny because I was giving him crap at 
the football game the night before, like, man, like you could skip this game. Like it's not going to be a good one. Like Oregon's missing well, everybody. Yeah. I was going to go cover this game originally and I knew it would still be interesting to watch, but I figured that, you know, with all the football stuff, you might need me at home writing a follow-up football piece more than me driving down to Eugene. And boy, I'm kind of wishing I had driven down to Eugene. Yeah. You know, I, I'll give my credit. I usually have like pretty good, like editorial, like foresight. Not this week. I, this hand up, hand up the corridor, the corridor, corridor did not win the weekend. This was, um, this is exactly what Oregon needed. And it wasn't the fact that they won shorthanded again because Zarzuela missed a game. They had both centers out again. It wasn't that they beat a program like Michigan who, you know, on paper is a bigger brand than they are a good basketball team. Especially for basketball, yeah. Right. Um, It was the fact that it came down to last second heroics. And moreover, it was like the one player that you absolutely want to put all your stock into if you're this program moving forward because of the hometown stardom, the storylines, and how just blatantly obvious they are as a sports writer and as a fan. Um, he's a dog. He looked great, and this team found a way to win. The fact that not only that he like made that, but like Dana drew that up for him too. And like we've said this before, but Altman's pretty darn good when he has a guard that he likes. Um, if this is yeah. the first chapter, and if his first start, his first home game, again, I don't think he needed this, right? But it's right. a it's it's a pretty wild way to start things off for the the shell stat experience in Eugene because he wasn't particularly great in the game. If you look at his numbers, I mean, he, he scored, you know, I think it was fourteen, but he missed quite a few shots. But every shot was good. Every shot was taken with confidence, and he never stopped shooting. And that's what I think would make me um, believe that he's going to be really good. I think it's still far too early to just know what this team will look like at all, like come conference play or or come later in the season. Um, It it will help getting two seven-foot centers back, especially when one of them is, you know, a a conference player that you're contender. But – like that's a game that we would have been really easy for us to excuse as a loss. Like they've had a couple, you know, both of their losses are, are sorry. They've had, a, they've had multiple wins that would have been easy to excuse as losses of like, ah, the ducks are injured. The ducks are banged up. They haven't played like one of those games yet that like has Altman, like driving in this car down I five South in the middle of the night. Like they're pretty good, a pretty good sign for, for the start. That seemed winnable and certainly could have been uh, one with with healthy centers. He didn't seem like he was extraordinarily upset. Um, again, it's the funny thing. You know, Shellstad would have gotten minutes had Zarzuela played. He would not have started, and he would not have probably been taking that last shot had Zarzuela played because I think Altman, after this kid, Shellstad had missed a month, I think Altman was seeing kind of return on investment right there early on and Again, I don't. Yeah, it's just hard to see what happens with this team moving forward because they're so lopsided with the way this roster holds a million guards and has no help at, at the rim with big guys. But everybody they played made an impact. Tracy's out there knocking down threes. Uh, Quendo is a bullying ball around the rim. I mean, all these new guys are are impacting the game for sure.
it i i just hope that i hope Mo- i hope mookie's good and and that they're able to like market around like i don't work for uo but like i i can i can see how you could market around like two like fresh like kids from portland <laughs> that are like helping to especially considering like just like the the overall interest in the program that had been down for the last couple of years right. like this this feels like a pr dream for them well and they're exciting players yeah mookie is the best probably the best above the rim athlete on the team and then shell stat is just this kind of cool calm collected assassin a la you know a peyton pritchard um i don't think they'll really be able to fully market it until next season yeah just with the infrequency these guys will, will be playing at junctures um, and, you know, help plays into that. Right. But um, yeah, that was exactly what that team needed in what seemed like a pretty packed arena um, to maybe instill a little bit of confidence that it won't be quite as long of a winter as we thought it might be. Well, what else is new, Shane? Man. Um, a lot of discourse this week about the, the college football playoff, and I'm a little bit tired of it. We didn't even really talk about Oregon's bowl game. I don't know how that happens. I don't think we're going to add anything to this debate here, but that's asinine to me. Just just what a come down to think that Friday night you might – be playing in the college football playoff. You're thinking about Alabama and Georgia and Texas and Michigan and those types of schools. You think your quarterback might win the Heisman trophy. Then you get Liberty. I like the long pause here to fill the airtime because it's, it's, like why like i don't get it the teams above them and even below them in the rankings or excuse me below them in the rankings and even above them in the rankings got better matchups um bigger brands and just better teams i don't know why oregon at eight was like you know what that's the team we want to put versus number 23 liberty who hasn't played um you know anyone of relevance this year although they have won their games I wonder if so I wonder Nick's, if they figured Nick's wasn't coming back, and that's what, like a fair assumption. But I think that's that's the case with a lot of these teams. I think Bo would have undoubtedly played had they been playing a Georgia and Ohio State, uh, Florida State, one of these big teams. And then the funniest part of the whole thing is then Bo still got to go to New York and sit next to Penix this week. Or or did Bo decide that he was going to play when he found out it was Liberty because like you're not like you're not going to suffer like your career ending injury against Liberty as you would maybe against Georgia. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) The, the, the Heisman thing is, is definitely a a fascinating thing because it's, 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 I feel like it's rare that like it, it's, it's two players that know each other that well, that like one has decidedly beaten the other and then they still have to sit down each other. Like, like, like that, like it was, um, I mean, there's a lot of respect between those guys. When I was walking out of uh, the post game press conference, um, Penix was waiting to, to walk in, and like Bo gave him a hug and kind of like grabbed his like side of his rib a little bit, just jokingly. And like Bo was like, like I thought this was, and and Penix was like, 
why does everyone keep saying I'm injured, man? Like, I'm good. Like, like they obviously like each other. There's a respect there. But, yeah, that's for, – for as much college football as Bo has played and for as much of the history of college football as Bo appreciates, you know, that was part of what he was talking about in his post-game press conference. Like, the dude loves college football. You know he's envisioned himself on that Heisman stage with that trophy. Like, that, that'll that'll be a tough one for him. It'll be – It'll it'll be interesting for, just yeah, to see I mean, yeah for for yeah he knows he's not gonna win he's next to his I guess you call him a rival at this point um and then the only chance of winning who, is if if people voted early <laughs> <laughs> right yeah um that that was like I can't remember who tweeted it out but someone said that they got an email during the Pac-12 championship game that they were supposed to vote for MVP with I think it was four minutes. I think the voting closed with four minutes to go in the game. It's like, how could you choose which, I guess, quarterback to pick? Although I think Dylan Johnson had a case for, for UW. I, I think I think when they sent that out, that was right when like Jackson Powers Johnson had his fat man touchdown that had brought him back. So I was going like, to put down. <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny play. Um, that, well, done, if, if, done... if they, if they would have won that game and like if that touchdown stood, like I was, because like I had like a clear, like, Bo was on the ground. He was like pointing at the ball to like Jackson and like those two are so tight. And Jackson's been doing like the Heisman poses for Bo. Like the visions were working in the head. And then it was a quick review that revealed that. No, it did not count. (laughs) (laughs) Bo Nix would have had some really funny Heisman tape had he won because it's like, oh, fuck, Irving dump offs. Oh, he had that big run against. (laughs) <laughs> the one against UW in the title game, he takes off and he's running like 30, 40 yards down the sideline. He's jogging with this caravan of like six blockers and we're looking <laughs> at the replay and it's like, he probably scores there if he runs full speed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were, it's an entire joke at this point, but we were joking, I think, during the this Civil War about you kind of writing maybe a tongue-in-cheek Bo Nix uh, Heisman thing where it's like, you know, Bo Nix had his Heisman moment on Saturday. The quarterback with 60 starts under his belt or whatever drops back, surveyed the field, looked to his right, dumped the ball off to Bucky Irving and watched him run in for six points. <laughs> oh, what a season. Oh, what a season. What'd you eat this week, Shane? Oh, man. Uh, let me think. Nothing too crazy. I, I really don't think I have too much to report here. Um, I think I, I think we hit most of it last week. It's been a calmer few days food wise for me. Um, I, I had a sandwich at this place called Break Bread, which was fine. Um, that's really all that's coming to mind. I had um, I had Podna's barbecue recently, which this is probably too young for you, but like Podna's was like one of like the first like trendy barbecue places in Portland, like in the in like the the golden age of the food era, like late two thousands, early twenty tens. Um, it got certainly, like, certainly before my time. It, it got like the like the like the big write ups. I think it won restaurant of the year a couple times. But then like you know everyone moves on to like the next thing. And I I feel like this is a Matt's barbecue town now. Um, and Podnas is just kind of doing their thing on Alberta still. Had it for the first time in a couple of years. It was great. Like still chugging along doing their thing. Yeah, it's just like a little like little weekend like nothing special. Little couple couple ribs, a little brisket, some cornbread perfectly good well we'll leave it with this then i mean there's a lot of exciting things to come when it 
you know, comes to this beat. Big Ten transfer portal, some coaching changes maybe. Uh, what do you think as, as this year is now in the rear view for the most part? I know there's a bowl game. I can't imagine you'll be down at bowl game practices in Eugene too much. What's the big takeaway for you with this season as a reporter? Do you feel like you changed anything, learned anything, did anything differently with the site this year? Your exit survey? Mm, I think I've I think I've done a better job at kind of like finding like the voice that I want um with the way that I approach a lot of my stories. Um it's been nice to like we've this this has been a good year for subs. We've definitely like, kept growing. Um I think I like there's there's part of me that thinks I wrote too many bow stories, but also like when you go back and look at it and, and you think about like these two years of Oregon football, like this is the Bo Nix era. Like I, I think that's kind of like the the story of it. I think and ultimately it's gonna be looked as kind of like I think it's gonna be looked at the bridge era for Lanning. Like I I, I don't think when Lanning's career is like said and done, like it's it's going to be as linked to like Bo Nix as it is now. Like I think he still has like a vision of what he wants to turn the program into and 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 where they eventually want to go. And maybe it's reaches similar highs as where he was with Bo Nix, or maybe it's higher than Bo Nix. But it was I I just think that this was a really uh, interesting pairing between a coach on the rise and a college quarterback kind of putting his mark on the sport and. Uh, you know, I I think especially when you get to the end of the season too, you kind of kick yourself like, oh, I should have I should have written more, or I should have covered this more, done that. But you know, also I'm 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 very aware of the mental breaks that I need to give myself too at times. So I, I I think we had a good year. Like I I, I overall I was looking at because we're getting just we're getting we're in December now, and we'll probably put together some story of the year type of stuff. And uh, I I think we have a, a pretty good uh, a pretty Arsenal. good uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to end it. I'll, uh, I guess I'll let you take us out of here. Then tell me uh, what you got going this next week. Uh, we got some basketball stories coming, folks. Um, Boom. we're gonna have we're gonna have that Mookie Jackson piece probably coming on Thursday. It's gonna be a fun one. It helps that Jackson uh looks like he might be a star. So, uh, that's coming up on the i five quarter. Oh, by the way, I bought actually, we're going to keep this part in. Uh, someone finally gave up i5corridor.com. Like, I have the dash in there. It's mm. like I have like i dash five corridor. So I just bought i5corridor.com yesterday for like five bucks. Uh, nice. And now and now it's forwarding to like my actual site. So, like, maybe, maybe starting next week, we're millionaires. Like, this, this has been what's keeping the i5 corridor from really flourishing and taking off you're telling me i can drop the freelance grind we'll talk to you guys next week oops <laughs>